Hey there, friends and listeners. Matt Silverman here, producer of this very fine podcast, Two Girls, One Podcast, here with another encore episode this week from the back catalog. This is episode 148 from September 28th, 2020, uh, thousands of years ago. Unnecessary inventions. Uh, this gentleman by the name of Matty Benedetto has risen to superstardom. Uh, he was a product designer, but also really loved making internet stuff. And he combined those two passions to create very stupid inventions that solve problems ingeniously, uh, except these are problems that nobody has. Uh, these are things like a drink holder for your shoe or an alarm clock that snoozes itself. Uh, so they won't inconvenience you in the morning. Um, and we loved having Maddie on the show. Uh, he's uh, so popular. He was popular then. He's crazy popular now. And it's funny because I, I frequent Reddit a lot, and sometimes those are specific communities, and sometimes that's just popping open the front page of the internet. And I would say on a monthly basis, a video posted by Maddie uh, claiming, hey, <laughs> I do weird inventions, here's my latest, top of the front page of Reddit on a regular basis, I'd say once a month, he is the top pro post on all of Reddit uh, for that day or that hour. People cannot get enough. Uh, his latest one, or one of his latest ones, was it's like a funnel where on the bottom of the funnel was a tortilla, like a, a small taco tortilla. And on the top of the funnel was just a giant you know, it was just a giant big funnel the size of a plate, and he was eating a burrito uh, over this funnel. And what happens is as you eat the burrito and all of the delicious burrito goodness, the rice, the beans, the cheese kind of falls out. Normally it would fall onto your plate, and then you would need a fork to uh, finish that up. No, this just funnels right down into another taco, and then you just pick up the taco and continue to eat the second taco. And he's just brilliant at making fake products that don't exist and will never be produced. And then millions of people on the internet are like, oh my God, I need this. I, I, where can I buy this? And as he told us in the interview, he, 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 doesn't, he will never make these things. He will never manufacture them. And he, he's just having fun and doing brand deals and, and making a living making stupid shit on the internet, which is also how uh, I make a living. So... Without further ado, uh, this is episode 148, Unnecessary Inventions, Maddie Benedetto, uh, very popular on Instagram, Reddit, and uh, this is a classic, so you'll hear Jen's voice here, and uh, we'll be back at you next week with some new episodes, new chats, new guests, and uh, we'll talk at you then. Bye. <laughs>
friends. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Allie and I are performers. We had a live comedy show called Blogologues where we use the internet as our script. From there, we had a web series called Two Girls, One Show. You can find that on Hoo Ha if you're looking for it. And we interviewed people behind internet posts and went on scripted adventures. And now in the same vein, we have this here podcast with The Daily Dot and Matt Silverman. Hi, Matt. What do you think? Trying it out? Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Okay, um, we're talking to people behind internet communities and phenomena that we find interesting. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, how are you doing, Allie? Pretty well. <laughs> Pretty was well. That, was that a fun update? Does everybody have fun? <laughs> yes. I'm in New York. Flew across the country in a pandemic. Yeah, what are you thinking? I'm just kidding. I just traveled a little bit, too. But no, how's it going? Well, how's I New thought York? I'd, I thought I'd visit family for like... My one pre-vaccine visit, and some of my family members refused to see me, which at a certain point I gave up arguing. All right, I'll see you in two years, assholes. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a weird thing with family. Like, uh, well, I it's don't just know. silly because, like, I flew across the country. I wore a mask. I wore a shield. I washed my hands a thousand times. I quarantined. I got tested. I was negative, and then they've still got fucking shenanigans. Yeah. No That's problem my with question. Friends. friends are like, can I see you outside? I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 100% with those family members, except you got tested. And therefore... I got tested not once, not twice, but thrice. Right. Yeah. Then then there was talk of a fourth test. And I said at that point, we're being <laughs> ridiculous and also taking away tests from other people. <laughs> <laughs> not that I endorse flying in a pandemic. Like, probably don't do it. But no. some of us, like, you know, it's been totally a while. My twin had a kid. I met the kid once when it was born. It's 10 months old now. It was time to come. It. It's a, it's a human. It's a human. It's a human. <laughs> it's a Speak. human. Yep. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Jen? Well, I was just going to say, I've been hyper-cautious with my family, like, to the point where my mom was like, yeah, all my friends and I are talking about, like, how our kids are, like, we're, like, my mom's not, like, a super spreader or anything. I don't think she is. But, like, I think she and her friends of her age and their mid to late 60s are, like, cognizant that their kids are constantly asking them, like, are you social distancing? Are you wearing a mask? Like, I can't come see you. Um, and I feel like, I, I've barely seen my family and I feel guilty about it, but I've also been so cautious because I don't, coming from New York, I don't want to do anything. But then, you know, I go do other things and then I feel really guilty. So, yeah, I don't no, know. Being, no, I, I hear you because like being in LA is way more chill for me because I don't know old people there. Like I couldn't see an old person if I tried in LA. And also, <laughs> LA, I don't know them. I don't know where they are. I don't know where they're living. I don't know what they're doing. They're all Botoxed <laughs> into being like 15 years old again. Oh, so I'm hanging out with them and I don't know it. Maybe. Yeah. Sorry, that was cool, a cool, cool. big old stereotype. Okay, go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I definitely have felt that b- being in New York is more nerve-wracking, which is interesting because New York's case count at this point is like 0%, and California's is not good. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, of course, young people have gotten it and gotten it very badly. But yeah, being in New York, it's impossible to social distance, and I'm staying with my aunties. So it's yeah. been a little nerve-wracking. I'm excited to get the fuck out of here. I'm going upstate to visit my girl. I've known my best friend since I was three years old. She lives in Schenectady, which is a place you shouldn't go unless you know her. <laughs> she might listen to this and go from delighted to offended very quickly. But Anyway. Jen, what is your mom's current attitude about that situation? By that, I mean... 
we are observing, I, I hesitate to say a firm generational divide, but there seems to be like, it's going to be fine. Live your life. You got to do what you got to do. And then like, there's a young, the, uh, people our age and younger are like, stay the fuck home. What are you talking about? And when you said that, it immediately triggered me of, be, of yeah. like, what? why? Why are they like this? You know? And so is your mom do, saying stuff like that or or does she understand where you're coming from? Yeah, I think she she always understands where I'm coming from. She's great like that. Like, even if she doesn't, I think she says she does and she takes time to think about it and then she's good. Um, <laughs> And she really, I mean, we're just, she's not living in New York City. And like Ali was saying, I feel like it's just impossible. You, you feel, and I'm sure even where you are, Matt, like you just feel people breathing down your neck all the time. It's just you're surrounded <laughs> by humans. She is in a small town, you know, somewhere else. So she's been so understanding about the the whole thing. But I could just hear the other night, you know, we were talking, all, all my family, my immediate family, mom, dad, brother, their birthdays are within like a month of each other. And we were just talking about... Mm-hmm. um celebrating one of them coming up and she was like oh, you'll be there right then she was like well and then she backtracked immediately and was like well maybe you don't have to be there and you know not i'm not saying you have to be there <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no but she understands that's yeah. uh i think that's she good. gets it it's just a big old bummer but, but really it's less about like uh the generational thing and i, I don't know just more i feel so responsible for them because they're older so right right <laughs> yeah can someone explain to me why new york case counts are so low if everyone was partying on the Lower East Side on Saturday when I biked through it. I don't understand. They're low now. Give it three weeks. I mean, I hope so I'm wrong. So you think it's just like being outside is the thing that's fine? Like as long as you're outside, it's, you're good? Because people I, were not well, socially distanced and they were not wearing masks. No, I think but they were outside. there are, there are, you know, I'm reading the headlines every day because I'm a psycho <laughs> and there are clusters everywhere and they don't seem to be spreading. They don't seem to be making a statistical impact on the state total. I read yesterday that there's like a cluster in like central New York. So like New York state still under 1%, but Central New York went up a, a percentage point because of one party or something. So it's like, give it time. Give it time for people to fuck up. Give it time for schools to, uh, you know, bend the rules and make mistakes. And, and you know, uh, members of my, uh, a kid went to, in my family, went to college and was sent home a week later. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the, yeah. I don't even know why they're opening. School, yeah. It, it's bananas. It's bananas that this is happening. Yeah, because yeah, it's one thing if you go to college locally, but for a lot of people, you've like traveled and bought all the stuff for your dorm and you've mm-hmm. moved. You're moving yeah. and then you move again in a week. Literally. Yeah, it's a huge expense of 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 resources, time, but transportation, guys, the Lower a burden. East Side was a party this weekend. I mean, I yeah. just biked through it, but it was a party. Yeah. Right. And dude, I was dude, like, what's happening? I, don't I live in the burbs where nothing happens and kids are partying all all night long on my I block. Know, but I don't it's get it like, case counts are so low because my friends who live here say people have been like this since May, just outside partying. Mm. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. am confused. Why is mm-hmm. it so hard to change behavior? Like, okay, I realize the leadership is not good. <laughs> We're not having guidelines laid out and stuff like that, but. I even notice myself becoming a little lax sometimes where I'm like, well, I just saw a friend in the park. I used to be so scared to do that. And I'm like, well, I saw that friend. I could go see another friend in the park next week. You know, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, why right. it's like bad behavior begets bad behavior. But you know what could solve COVID is an unnecessary invention. 
Mm. <laughs> Into unnecessary inventions. Let's ask him if he has any unnecessary inventions to solve COVID, but those would be necessary inventions. Uh, very necessary. They would indeed be necessary. So we're talking today to the creator of uh, unnecessary inventions. Uh, his name's Matt Benedetto. He has a website and Instagram and whatever. You can find him all over. He's been on uh, the Kelly Clarkson show and, and all this media right now. It's, it's becoming a hot thing. Um, basically, he's creating things that are useful, but completely unnecessary, um, such as a, I, I'm going to get the name wrong, but there was like a scooter snack holder where it's like, you can ride your scooter to work and without using your hands, you can take a bite of a sandwich. That sounds pretty necessary. Useful, right? <laughs> I need that. Yeah. One of the many that went viral is it looks like a stick of deodorant, but it's filled with avocado. So you can roll on your avocado toast wherever you need. <laughs> Extremely useful. Also kind of gross. <laughs> there's also one where there's a cup holder on your shoes. So when you're commuting and you have your leg kind of like crossed over the other, you can put your coffee there in your shoe. Back wow. for when we commuted. <laughs> they are pretty brilliant. And there's so many of them. That's what's fascinating. We need to ask him, but it seems like there's like a hundred or more of these insane products. There was a nail clipper that clips all five nails at once. <laughs> necessary <laughs> a couple things here one we should say that he has a huge huge following on the online obviously and people love this stuff and there is a community that is formed around this which is why we're covering it too he legit builds these uh, these things like creates invents them builds them yes. demonstrates them on video and photographs in in great detail like it's not just ideas he is literally making this stuff Yes. Right? Yes, indeed. Yes. yes, he builds it. And then most of them are not for sale. And apparently people right. are requesting, like, I need this. And he's like, nope, <laughs> which I'm curious about. There is one that he has kickstarted that we'll get into. But I'm oh, curious okay. that he's okay. created so many things that people, a lot of them people want. And he's not, he's not, he's not making them, not rolling them out. And now, now here, I'm drawing a diagram in my mind. Ready? There's, this is a silly joke. And on the other side, there is, um, this is really brilliant and I need it. And in between is this weird, like infomercial gray area where yes. like we all make fun of stupid infomercial products. And there's a sliding scale of like, well, some of them are seem useful, but most of them are stupid. And he is like floating in the middle there. And you look at these things and you're like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and I absolutely need it. It would so solve this problem. It, I, it's just truly genius what, what's going on here, comedically and um, design-wise. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm so curious to know well, what his background is. now that fanboyed out. I'm, fa I'm here. <laughs> I got my BTS t-shirt and right. my Unnecessary Inventions. Uh, I mean, I a lot know. of them I really want. There's a sidecar garden where it's like a little garden that attaches to your car. <laughs> Should be great. You roll down your window, you got a little garden. There's also uh, the drink. Yeah, there's the drink o'clock that shows you what hours you can drink alcohol and which hours you can drink coffee. <laughs> I, feel like, I honestly feel like everyone would buy that because, I mean, if nothing else, it's a cute clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cannot wait to talk to him. So let's get this trivia out of the way. <laughs> All right. We have we have five minutes to do trivia. I'm going to give it to you quick. Speaking of unnecessary things, y'all remember Pogs? Yes. Yes. Pogs were a huge fad among kids in the 1990s. It was a game where you flip over these uh, circular discs with a bigger circular disc called a slammer. Whoever captures the most Pogs wins. But did you know who 
invented pogs, where they came from, and why they got so popular. I have three scenarios about the origin and meaning of pogs. One of them is real. The other two I made up this morning. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> yes, Number indeed. Number one, pog, P-O-G, stands for passion fruit, orange, guava, which was a brand of juice common in Hawaii in the 1920s and 30s. Local Hawaiian children used the caps from this juice to invent the game and refine it as the pog game we know today. That's choice one. Very plausible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Two. POG stands for Pilots of Grace, a Christian rock band that was briefly popular in 1991. Their concert merch included collectible bottle caps that their fans later turned into the ga- into a game. Interestingly, when the POG craze was in full swing, the World POG Federation successfully trademarked the name POG, and the band was not successful in winning it back. That is choice two. Okay. Number three, Pog is a portmanteau of Power Frogs, a toy line developed by the ad agency Zenith Media and sold to Mattel in the hopes of capitalizing on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles craze, which was fucking huge, by the way, as we know, but like it was super huge. Uh, The toys were a failure, but they came in this like Pringles style canister where the the, the top would pop off and kids like didn't care about the toys. They were totally uh, useless and and failed, but they loved the caps and they would play the game with the caps and then they abandoned the Pogs caps and just made their own caps. But the Pogs name stuck. So which of these is true on the origin and invention of the game Pogs? Hey. <laughs> I'm feeling Jen. a hardcore. Okay. Jen goes with the passion fruit orange guava juice in Hawaii. Allie goes with Me. the Christian rock band, Pilots of Grace. We will find out the correct pog after this commercial break. Do you know who's so necessary? So necessary. I know exactly what you're thinking. You're thinking of Jerry Duran, aren't you? I am. I'm also thinking of Jessica Fox. Well, while we're talking about Jessica Fox, that also gets me thinking about Melissa Elliott, James Dozier. Christopher Latch is necessary. And, you know, so necessary, really, in this conversation is Kathy Phillips. William. And Matthew Scott. <laughs> you, too, can be necessary if you visit patreon.com slash 2G1P. Or Disclaimer. you can remain unnecessary. The choice is yours. <laughs> Disclaimer. The rest of you are not literally unnecessary. <laughs> Stop locking your cars after 8 p.m. Some of us have small children and would appreciate it if you lock your car with the beep beep noise after 8 p.m. If it's not an option, then at least disarm the beep beep noise from under your hood. I've heard from numerous neighbors, myself included, it's unwanted and unneeded. Once you have parked your car, lock it and be done. It's not an all-night routine unless you're coming to my home to put my children back to sleep or you're hiding drugs in your car. So please stop. I already have one neighbor on my radar for drugs and I will call the police if it continues. Have some respect. There are families that live here. Thanks! We need an unnecessary invention for that. 
that beep beep noise. Mm-hmm. Yes. That would be necessary. Uh, damn it. <laughs> I don't think it's necessary. I have kids. There's the, the, the little beep beeps in the neighborhood don't wake the children up. What is, oh, what is this person Jen worried like about? I just like a new car unlocker. No, that's mm. insane. It's insane. Asking yeah. people, to, don't lock your car with your beep beep after 8 p.m. Go fuck yourself. Also, <laughs> people complain about so many things in a city, and I'm like, then don't live in a city. <laughs> yeah. You know, if that's the kind of silence you want, then go live in the woods. When mm. people are like, there's so many people here. It's like, yeah, it's a city. <laughs> what did you... What were you, did you think was going to happen? <laughs> All right. Well, what do we got for this trivia situation? All right. We got uh, we got Pogs. Everyone was playing Pogs in the 90s. Do you still have your Pog collection? I never had one. Me neither. Mm. Yeah, sadly. Hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, this podcast is over, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know when Peak Pog was. Yeah, Peak Pog, we, we may have been a little too Jen old for Peak Pog. too busy putting in her diary about the boys she liked in her coochie cutters. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was doing Plunge. my drug and alcohol free dance group at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have time for fun and We haven't talked about that in a long time. <laughs> Remind me what you wore on those drug and alcohol free dance days. White jeans and a turquoise t-shirt. Cool. <laughs> Favorite That's what I'm going to wear the next time I do drugs. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll send you a photo. Oh, as an homage. <laughs> wow, great. Uh, so who invented pogs? Where did they come from? Why are they called pogs? Uh, Jen chose that pog stands for passion fruit, orange, guava, and that kids in Hawaii use the bottle caps from this popular drink. Thank you for your proper pronunciation of Hawaii. Of course. I don't know how else you would say it. Ali chose Pilots of Grace, a Christian rock band that sold bottle caps at their concerts. Uh, Nobody chose Power Frogs, the uh, competitor to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, Everyone sticking sticking with their answers? Sticking to it. Sure. The correct answer for today's trivia is... Number one, Passion Fruit, Orange, Guava. Jen gets it right. My intuition lately has been sharp. Yes. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Uh, it was Pogs completely is random. a game derivative of a sort of a classic childhood game called Milk Caps, which likely, by most accounts, originated with school children in Maui, Hawaii. Uh, they played the game using the this juice. This was like a popular juice that was bottled or whatever in Hawaii, and everyone would knew it. Everyone had it in their fridge, and then the kids would pop the caps off and make up this game. Uh, but this was in like the 20s and 30s. It was just like a neighborhood playground game. Uh, the 90s revival of Pogs and the commercialization of it is traced back to a school teacher in Oahu, Uh, who introduced this game to her class of fifth graders to help them learn math concepts. And the kids loved this game so much that it started to catch on. Kids brought it to other kids, schools, whatever. And eventually the toy industry got wind of this and started marketing pogs. And uh, what is it? The Pog Federation. The World Pog Federation is real. I did not make that up. Uh, I guess they're the ones who eventually licensed the term Pog uh, and uh, and own it and probably marketed uh, marketed the hell out of it in, in the early 90s. 
I still don't quite know what a pog is. Is it the thing that's like a little cap that you push down the cap and then it bounces back up? It, it wasn't. It, the cap itself didn't bounce, but it was you would use a large cap to like flip. It's almost like marbles or jacks in that mm-hmm. way of like you're, you're you're sitting on the floor and you've got all the pieces spread around. And if you can use the pieces to flip the flip your opponent's pogs over or whatever, you kind of you capture them and you collect them. And I think, you know, you could play it as a game or I think the the high stakes version is you play for keeps. Like if I flip your pog, we're playing pogs, I flip your pog, I acquire it and I keep it forever. It's sort of like... Um, high stakes. It's like Russian roulette. Yeah. yeah. Well, not that high. But yes. no. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like quite the necessary invention. But Now we're going to talk about some things that are kind of unnecessary, but useful. So please welcome to the show our guest. We're so excited to have him here. Matt Matty Benedetto, the creator of Unnecessary Inventions. Welcome, Matty. Hello. Thank you for having me today. So, uh, Matty, who are you and what is wrong with you? (laughs) That was Ali's question. I wish I knew. Um, So... My name is Maddie. I'm the evil genius behind Unnecessary Inventions. Mm -hmm. So every single week, I design and build products that solve problems that do not exist. Um, It's about my my current rate is about two to four per week. And uh, yeah, I just kind of hang out by myself in my my own little design studio lair, just solving problems that nobody really has or needs a pro- needs a product to solve that problem yeah but that was the premise of the iphone <laughs> give people mm, what they don't know they need mm. <laughs> why do you think i'm so popular <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> everyone's gonna be wearing finger beanies soon Woo. Yep. that's funny yeah. to me because i'm looking at your inventions but for our listeners that made no sense i hope everyone's having a good time yeah so um, picture Fingerless gloves, Go. chop off the fingers, and just wear the tips as little beanies on the tips of your fingers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the part that gets cold. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think we've gone too far in the direction of, like, expose the tips so you can use your phone. But uh, <laughs> right. let's, let's take it back a little. Yeah, I like that. So All I heard was all expose the tip, and I blacked out because I've been in quarantine <laughs> for too know, long. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> So how did all of this madness begin? Yeah, so I have basically been a self-taught product designer pretty much my entire life. Uh, so it started uh, back when I was 13 years old. My mom taught me how to crochet hats. Uh, and then by the time I was 15, I was crocheting so much that I outsourced all the production to China. And so basically <laughs> from 15 to 30, I have been a complete solo entrepreneur, no employees, no nothing. And whatever comes to my mind, I design, build it and sell it online. And so over the course of those 15 years, I've had these products of, you know, maybe it's an April Fool's joke, or maybe it's just something I was like, Ooh, maybe this could go viral. You know, I'd get a sample from China, look at it and be like, okay, this is the most idiotic thing I've ever laid my hands on. And there's no way I'm ever going to put this out into the world. And so just sort of over time, I've had sort of some of these ideas that I've put out now. Um, And then about a year and a half ago, I bought some new equipment to manufacture these things within my own design studio, uh, like a 3D printer and a laser cutter and stuff like that. And just slowly started sprinkling them out onto the internet. And then they just kind of took on a life of their own. Wait. You just said that you've been doing this forever where you make stuff and then you sell it, but most of your unnecessary inventions do not appear to be for sale. 
Correct. You know, I sort of got tired of like just kind of being an internet salesman hawking all of these ideas I had. Um, so pretty much the whole business now is built around me being a content creator um, through, you know, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and working with, you know, larger brands on campaigns and stuff like that versus, you know, every single product I design that I have to now go out and sell thousands of them to make a living. Oh my gosh. Right. Because then it becomes about the e-commerce rather than about the creating. Right. Not that I know anything about either of those. (laughs) Wait, so what kind of brand partnerships are you doing? I've done ones with Bud Light, uh, Call of Duty, DoorDash, uh, Paps Blue Ribbon, uh, Jose Cuervo. I've won tomorrow with uh, Schneider's of Hanover, the pretzel company. What did you make for them? Sneak peek, made, but this, you, it'll be out already, it'll so come whatever. Out after. Mm-hmm. It's called the uh, Snack Saucer. So basically, it is a Frisbee with a bowl on top. And it's a way to enjoy <laughs> snacks from a socially distant way in 2020. So you fill up the bowl with your pretzels and then you can toss it across the yard to your best friend. Do you put a lid on the bowl? For the video, I didn't. And there's some, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's the thing with the, a lot of my inventions is that there's a lot of photo and video magic that goes into it to make it look <laughs> like it works and is operates usable. in a particular way. When really it's just like, if I move one inch, the whole thing falls apart. So oh. you're a liar. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. So what you've said so far is you create products that nobody needs. You have a history of outsourcing to China and you create deceptive marketing, AKA normal fucking capitalism. You're just a regular guy. Regular what is this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to shut down this interview. I'm, I'm, sort of, I, I'm shedding a light on, uh, I'm shedding a light on those horrible tactics from everyone else in the industry and, and, and showing them how it's done. And so all of my, all of my product design stuff is all completely self-taught. Um, I went to school for marketing. So I guess that's probably where that comes into play is that, you know, to me, I love like the whole package of it, of like naming the product and taking the product photos. And then the whole product design stuff, I've just sort of searched YouTube videos to figure out how to do it. Ah, do you have a photographer now? Are you doing all of that on your own? Nope. Everything is still just me and myself. (laughs) Really? Because I love the photos. They're like so perfectly serious and insane. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and that sort of started. So like the first one, you know, the first one I put out, I basically put it out on, on my personal Instagram page. I threw it up on Reddit, which it ended up going, you know, the number one post on Reddit that night. But I was just super hungover taking the photos. I was like, oh, why don't I just photograph this thing? And I kind of just had this like deer in the headlights look while I took the photos. And I was like, whatever, I don't want to reshoot it. And then that just sort of became the signature blue steel. What am I doing with my life? Why am I using this product? But at the same time, I think I'm sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So you, you're now making a living. It's basically like stunts for these brands. Like they want you to make something to showcase their product. Yep, basically. So it's sort of integrating, um, taking another brand, you know, because sometimes it can be a difficult pitch being like, hi, I create completely unnecessary things. Would you like to put your brand in front of it? Um, (laughs) So just trying to convince people that like, you know, I'm creating a product that highlights this other brand. Like for Bud Light, I created a iPhone case that has sort of one of those retro car um, cup holders. So the whole back of the iPhone case folds down and then the cup holder flips up. 
And then now you can talk on your phone and carry your Bud Light against your ear while you're walking around. That is um, needed. Maybe not for Bud Light, but in general. Because also women's clothes, they like never fucking come with pockets. Right. That was another good invention of mine. Mine was the, uh, you should look up my one butt pants. So basically, instead of having two butt pockets, you just have one giant it's basically like a fanny pack pocket on your ass. <laughs> I love a good fanny pack. I'm into it. <laughs> but but yeah, I like all holders of things. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. so do you, do you ever have brands approach you where they want you to make something and you're like, I could never fucking make something for you. Like, you're, this is, what would I do here? Not because the I brand is qu- evil, but just like, uh I haven't quite had that yet. Everything I've done myself, like over the past, 15 years designing products, like whatever comes to my head, I make design it and put it out there. And now it's sort of like dealing with client and brand approvals. A lot of times I'm working with a marketing agency as a middleman. And the biggest thing that comes up is just sort of like, you know, I'm pitching out all these ideas and they're like, nope, 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 nope. And then that's like the one time when I'm like, all right, I don't need to do this because you clearly don't understand what unnecessary inventions is. So, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's all about aligning the two brands in a, right. in a way that makes sense. Because it's also frustrating when it's like they've hired you to do it because you're the person who knows the level right. of zany that it should be. And then they're telling you like they want it more serious or this or that. Anyway, whatever. Mm-hmm. Branded shit. Nobody cares. Well, okay. So something I'm wondering <laughs> about, you know, most people in quarantine are so creatively drained. We're just staring at the same things all day long. We're clawing to get out of our environments. How do you stay inspired? Like, where are you getting your inspiration from for all of these things that you're inventing two to four times a week? I guess the one thing with quarantine that I sort of lucked out is so I've been in the same design space that's, you know, been my office for the past eight years. And I've literally just been coming in here, hanging out by myself all day. So like the <laughs> the the pace of my life didn't change very much. Um, mm-hmm. But the inspiration pretty much just comes from absolutely anywhere. <laughs> About 60% of the inventions I create are inventions that I think up and design and build and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, 40% will be from fan submissions through any of my social media channels. Um, they're not always full-fledged oh. ideas, but it might, you know, kick my brain into a direction like, oh, I never thought of that sort of problem. Like what? So, so like a teacher recently um, messaged me and they uh, had a hard time having their class, now that school's back in session, having their class hear them. So they wanted a um, a face mask that had a megaphone built in. So I built that um, inspired <laughs> oh. by the, that certain, that particular situation. And, you know, and so, so like that, you know, I say they're problems that sol- they're products that solve problems that don't exist. You know, but they're also things that like, are you really going to wear this mask that has a ten-inch rod protruding from it just so you can amplify your voice a little bit more versus <laughs> just amplifying your Maybe. voice? <laughs> Could be. There's always someone out there. It's the wrong solution for a real problem. Exactly. <laughs> trademark. Wrong solutions. Anyway. Um, I, do, I do put trademark at the end of all my names. People are always like, wait, do you actually trademark all of these product names? Yeah, do I'm you? Like, that was one of no, my it's questions. Just an, it's just an emoji, so I throw the trademark <laughs> emoji. I, mean, I don't know if that's legally binding if it's an emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think, also, I think also technically you have to fill out a trademark application and you should definitely not have me as your lawyer because I do this. <laughs> um, but I, we like that you added TM. It's fun to add TM to things for no reason. (laughs) Right. It just sort of gives it an air of like, wait, is this serious or what? It's also fun when you just say it out loud. 
You know what I mean? You're like, you can't do that, Tim. Tim. (laughs) (laughs) But there used to be this concept of like, hey, you could go to the trademark office or you could mail yourself a version of the plans so that you have a a postmark stamped, date stamped uh, uh, record of when you thought of the idea and that that would hold up in court. Is that what they did? That used to be a I, thing, and so that. now was that was that a real thing? I always heard that. But point being, if you have posted <laughs> an invention on the on you know August fourteenth on your Instagram, and then someone steals it and produces it on September fourth, you have the record of when it existed, right. and that might hold up in some under some scrutiny, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Are you concerned possibly. about a company seeing one of your? wrong solutions and mass producing it and making money i'm not sure um you know obviously that's a risk that you know i sort of run into by just throwing out all these free ideas nonstop. i don't think i necessarily would i'd probably make a good youtube video calling them out um you know so for me it's just more content that i could create um ah <laughs> uh, yeah it's like have at me right yeah so exactly like so um, do you guys know the whole Crocs debacle I ran into? No, I do. I do not know. Oh, okay. So it sort of leads right into it. So basically one of my like most famous inventions was I took, you know, the classic Croc shoes and I redesigned them into gloves. Um, oh, I'm so looking they at have, them right now. And so on the, on the top of them, they have the classic holes. They still have the strap that goes around your heel that sort of hangs off the back of your hand. So I made those Let's see that was last uh, August, 2019. And I was on vacation. I took them on vacation, photographed them. And then when I got home from vacation, there was a cease and desist letter on my doorstep from Crocs. Um, and so, so basically the cease and desist was more around that. I called them Croc gloves and that I used like the real rivets from the shoes for the rivets on the side of the gloves. But then I took a photo with my cease and desist while wearing the gloves. And that went (laughs) 10 times more viral than the actual (laughs) gloves themselves you know so it's like whenever sometimes i meet people they're like oh you're that guy that got sued by crocs i'm like well not sued (laughs) but something like that you know i think of things as like how can i turn it into like a forward fumble in my favor yeah okay and and i'm sorry to get in the weeds on this but you did not sell that product if you sold that product you'd get your ass sued and rightfully so but you are a content creator and you used you turned a croc into a piece of content and I don't know. In the world that we come from, uh, that's fair use. They you are commenting. They shouldn't be sending you a cease yeah. and desist. They should be sending you a thank you note. Well, no, that's exactly. that is that yeah. is regardless. Absolutely, you're promoting their it's, product. But I guess I'm saying legally, you are commentating on the concept of a croc. You're the way a reviewer can say these crocs are great or these crocs suck, and they don't get cease and desist because they're reviewing a product. I think you're doing transformative work here. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was so like with that experience, I did a lot more research into, uh, you know, trademark law and copyright law. And that there's also, you know, under fair use, there's also the sake of parody. And so that's where sort of right. where I was coming from is that they mm-hmm. were more of a parody of the shoe. And that mm-hmm. then is ca- uh, covered under fair use. So then, you know, it, it turned into then I had a renaming competition. So now they're technically <laughs> called the Gator Grips. Um, you know, so it it was this long built up, you know, and there's been other now accessories in the Gator collection. So it's sort of (laughs) in my favor that now I can build on this Gator world because now I'm not infringing on any possible trademarks. 
So for our listeners who have not yet experienced unnecessary inventions, can you tell us about some of your personal favorites and or some of your followers' favorites? Sure. So one of my favorites um, I made earlier uh, in the quarantine times was the selfie sandals. So basically, I designed a full brand new pair of uh, sandals. And in the top of them, there's a little compartment for your iPhone. So basically, it's turning your own leg into a selfie stick. So you slide the phone in, and then you do a high kick in the air and get a selfie, (laughs) you know, with your whole leg looking like a selfie stick. Um, That was one of my favorites, just because that one actually worked, I guess, maybe. You know, I, I can say, yeah, throw those on. Because you don't even have to kick. You could just lounge back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the photos I took, I had to, like, prop myself on something because I'm not quite that flexible to get the, uh, get the angle. <laughs> You'll work on it. But I have to say, yeah. I saw that one and I was like, I want that. I, I could use that. <laughs> I was a little worried about the double chin situation, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then some of my... Um, followers favorite so one of the first ones that went really kind of viral for me was the cuisine curtain so basically people who hate other people who chew with their mouth open the cuisine (laughs) curtain is uh so basically you insert it into your nose so there's two rods that slide up into each one of your nostrils and then you have a bar that sort of looks like a mustache and then you have a full curtain that hangs down over your mouth so if you do chew with your mouth open you can continue doing so if you wear the cuisine curtain. Does it do anything about the sound for those of us yeah. who are like sound sensitive? Mm-hmm. That was one of the uh, probably uh, most frequent comments on that invention was <laughs> then it needed a it needed a headphone, some sort of <laughs> device to block out the sound of it all. Well, Ali and I had this, I mean, we're not inventors like you, but years ago we wanted to create the mouth muffler. Is that what we called it, Ali? I don't remember mouth- what it was, but what it was called was a muffler for your mouth. <laughs> um, but what, that but yeah. that exists. Someone made that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. For, for calls. Oh, yeah. it does. Okay, for calls. Well. But this was for specifically chips in a library. And it had a very specific <laughs> <Yeah>. use. <laughs> the loud, loud crunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something else we really wanted to make uh, that maybe you should make is. <laughs> do you like this? this? Is fun for you? Uh, we want it. Okay. Let's so you know, how box delivery <laughs> services are really trendy. We wanted to send you a box delivery service, but with a twist. It's just a box to help you think outside of it. Whoa. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) It sounds pretty unnecessary. (laughs) And it seems easy for uh, almost any any business could implement this into the strategy. Just a box. (laughs) If you want to take that one, we're good. (laughs) I think you could jazz it up a little. Yeah, yeah. I had an whistles. idea in my head called the Nopazon box. And it's a box <laughs> that has a Amazon-esque logo on the side. And you fill it with all the stuff that you don't want anymore. And you leave it outside your doorstep waiting for it to get stolen. And now someone just <laughs> for free took away all the things that you no longer wanted in your house. Is there a logo and it's a frowny face instead of a smile? Exactly. Right. Yeah, that makes I, haven't, sense. I haven't made that one yet, but it's been, it's been in the, yeah. it's been in the notebook. Yeah, Cause it while. already exists. Some people so put useful. stuff out on the stoop in a box, <laughs> <laughs> but I see your point. Okay. Mm-hmm. What, what are, what are some of your other favorites? I made curtains for your shoes as well. For people who go to the bathroom in public, but you feel a little bit self-conscious. So when you're in the stall, you just don't want people to recognize your shoes. So this (laughs) device, you basically stand in it. It's sort of a flat device. You put your feet on it and then it retracts upward and then hides your shoes 
if someone walks in the bathroom. So that way you can, you know, do your business and privacy if you're at work or whatever, and then you can put them down and, uh, and go on your way. And nobody knew that was you in the bathroom. That's great. I love that. I'd like to hear some others. Go on, go on. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> so, um, so another one that I recently made sort of stemmed from a necessary problem that I had is that here in Vermont, they outlawed plastic bags. And then mm. you also have to pay for paper ones. And they don't really have them. You sort of have to like, go find someone and ask for a paper bag when you're checking out. Um, so I <laughs> just to like be shamed a, a little bit <laughs> right exactly like they ring the bell like oh this guy didn't bring a bag um, <laughs> and so I, so I built a hoodie that basically at first glance looks like a normal hoodie and then the bottom of it uh, a a shopping cart net you know unfolds and then attaches up to your shoulders because now you can turn yourself into a shopping cart and walk around uh-huh. the only issue is that it looks like you're shoplifting a little bit <laughs> um, but luckily when I filmed that video, so a lot of my videos, you, you know, I just like hate people. Hence why I like hang out for the past eight years by myself in my studio. So quarantine's going well for you. <laughs> exactly. So I'll film at like six o'clock in the morning. And so like that one, I got permission to go to the grocery store before it even opened. And I'm like walking around filming myself shopping. Uh, wow. Although I think real passersby, their looks would have been excellent i know i know i am getting a little bit more recognized now like uh i was filming one um i another uh collaboration tiktok the company directly hired me to to, uh, build an invention for one of their marketing campaigns and i built a they basically gave me a two-foot donut and i had to build something around this two-foot donut so i built i have an electric scooter so i built sort of this whole arm contraption device so that you can eat your donut while you're on your morning commute scooting along (laughs) necessary invention (laughs) i had like my gopro on my chest i had one on my head i'm scootering down trying to like get the framing of the shot eat the donut while avoiding potholes to the donut you know if you hit like the smallest crack the donut just went completely flying off but i was doing that and someone was like oh my god i love your inventions um (laughs) so it's been interesting you know going out more that i've built up the audience online that people are starting to know my face i'm so sorry since you just told us you don't like people yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, when did all of these shenanigans really start to catch on? Like, when did you start to notice that people were noticing you? <laughs> um, well, sort of the start of Unnecessary just like completely blew up. So, like, I, I mentioned how I posted that first one on Reddit. It went viral overnight, made the front page of Reddit. Then, the two days later, someone made a comment in that original post of another invention that I should create. So then I sort of like, alley-ooped that up being like hey i'm the guy from a couple days ago and someone told me to make this you know and then that one made the front page and so pretty quickly right when i first started posting them they just sort of really seemed to click with everyone so then you know three days later i started an instagram page and probably within the first month i had you know thirty thousand followers on the instagram page and then it just sort of slowly has like built out from that i sort of think of my instagram as sort of like the bread and butter of all of my inventions. And then all of my other networks are sort of like supporting um, different pieces of content behind those inventions. Mm-hmm. With my audience now being like, you know, about 3 million people total across all my channels. Oh my gosh. Well, I was going to ask, is, is it Instagram specifically sort of like the bread and butter? What, why is that? Because of its visual nature, like it works particularly well in there or 
what about it? Yeah, that's just sort of, so I sort of started all of those Instagram posts, you know, follow a format where I have that, you know, during the headlights, look in all the professional product photos. I have the the official product name, the official product copy. Um, so I sort of like, that's like almost like my portfolio and catalog. And then, you know, on YouTube, I'll go in and do a behind the scenes on how I built that invention. And then on TikTok, I'll do sort of like day in the life kind of vloggy stuff around my studio. I think most engaging audience, you know, it's just sort of where I started. And I, I haven't like deviated from that set format. So it's like, in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, this is what the catalog magazine post is for this invention. And then what else, what other content goes around that? Yeah, that's great. Because so often, you know, especially, I mean, we do something very different, but as people who make weird things, like uh, people are like, oh, you got to be on Instagram, you got to be on Twitter, you got to be on TikTok. And it's like, well, for us, it would just be like reposting the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice that you have like a very, that you have very clear rules essentially around what goes where. Yeah. And it sort of started. So like when I was transitioning into other platforms off Instagram, I was like, so how do I like portray myself, you know, on YouTube, you sort of have to be a warm, bubbly personality while, you know, they're seeing this person on Instagram who looks like he hates the world. Um, so I sort of also created this storyline that, um, that there's multiple clones of me. So Matt004 runs the Instagram, Matt002 runs the YouTube channel. And that's why they all kind of have just slightly different personalities. Um, yeah, that part seems so unnecessary. All, exactly. <laughs> so I'm from the year 3017. I came from the... So, so also that all of these products have already come out in my lifetime, and I'm now coming back in the past and just releasing them before other people have. Okay, this is much more elaborate than I thought. That it was. And now I am concerned about you. Uh, So how many of these are patented? You know, to me, the patent system. So like some of the products I created in the past um, that were real and I sold and everything. I had tried getting some patents here and there. Um, You know, one thing, it can take up to like two years to get a patent and $30,000. And then, you know, say someone rips you off. You don't just automatically get like a, a free pass being like, oh, you have to take that off the market. You then now have to bring them to court, pay for a whole court battle to prove that they are actually copying your patent. So so to me, I just don't think for uh, sort of what I'm doing, it really fits the bill to, to really go through the hassle and especially the money to to really try and patent these uh, mm-hmm. these ideas. Do you ever rule out ideas because the thing you're thinking about seems too necessary? Like, is that... <laughs> sort of part of your thinking at all? Or you're like, oh, people need this too much. Can't do it. I think my brain at this point, now that it's been like a year and a half, it's like my brain has just turned into unnecessary mush. And it's, <laughs> it's like the only way it's programmed at this point. Like, totally know. It's a one-track mind. <laughs> I mean, in a way, it's a very amusing parody of the tech world in the sense that so mm. many startups are launching products that they're taking so seriously and say are going to change the world and they're completely unnecessary. Like all all of these uh, like are on that line. I mean, yeah. And on your, I mean, you know, but on your Instagram, everyone's always commenting. I would buy this. I would buy this. I'd buy this. But along those lines, we noticed that you do have a shop and you do sell a handful and you also just successfully funded a Kickstarter. How and why did you decide to sell just a handful of these? Yeah. So those, uh, those launched about a year ago for the Christmas season, you know, just sort of thinking, it was about it was about last fall one year ago when I got my first brand deal when I was like okay this 
is actually turning into a business versus just a hobby. So that was sort of my first like, okay, I've built this huge audience of people that are just used to my content. Would I actually be able to sell them something? You know, they're, they're always posting. I want to buy that. I want to buy that. I want to buy that. And then so I sort of wanted to test like, okay, will they actually buy it? And so for Christmas, you know, I just picked a, a handful of inventions that I knew that I could manufacture super quickly and wouldn't cost very much to, to bring to market. You know, you look at sort of those big name YouTubers and they have sort of expansive like merch lines and their t-shirts and hoodies and hats and all that stuff. And I sort of think of my store as almost like a merch line that, you know, I have fans and people want something from me. So, you know, I, I, I sort of handpick things here and there. And then, yeah, so then, and then also the, the Kickstarter yeah. um, was kind of to sort of your patenting question. You know, I thought like this one, when I posted it was the first time that people weren't just commenting like, oh my gosh, I want to buy this. They were DMing me like, no, like I'm actually serious. Like, I love this idea. Can I please buy one? And so it was the first time that I was like, okay, maybe I should like on a larger scale, try to bring another one of these inventions to life. And I thought that that one would have appeal outside of my own network that, you know, if someone who had no idea who I was would see that product and still think, oh, that's a, that's something cool. I might want to purchase that. So that was, that's been the only one that I've considered patenting. And how quickly did you reach your goal on the Kickstarter? Yeah. So the Kickstarter, I put a goal of $10,000. I think it hit it in under an hour and a half um, of launching the Kickstarter. And then it went on to do uh, just under $103,000. So it was nice knowing that if I do need to monetize this in other ways, that there are definitely avenues. Yeah. I also think that maybe the Zoom Jamas. Yep. (laughs) I would definitely, (laughs) I would buy the Zoom Jamas for sure. Just for our listeners, onesie on the bottom, business on top. But it's connected, right? Yeah, they are connected. They were actually super. I like. I saw. I shot that video, and then I just like hung out all day wearing them while I was. Yes, of course you did. I'm wearing a onesie right now, and I would be thrilled to change to the Zoom jamas. (laughs) And then get a cease and desist from Zoom. That's right. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, like so, like those ideas I have, like I'll think of, like I think of the Zoom jamas. And I try and pitch them to companies and like I'll DM them on Instagram. And so I actually like DM'd Zoom on Instagram before I made them, but I never heard from them. They were a little busy. But I still had to call them the Zoom Jamas because it was like Zoom has just become like synonymous with like home working video call. So Mm -hmm. they still got the free promo, I guess. How do your parents feel about your choices? (laughs) Uh, My parents are highly supportive. You know, they. That's adorable. You know, my entire life, I think they just are, have been used to this, that I've always been doing one thing or another. And it's like the next time they call me, I'm already on to the next thing. Uh, my brain is like always moving forward. Like I'll always forget to zip up, zip up my fly after going to the bathroom. Cause like, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to be doing when I get back to my computer. And so, yeah, I think that they have just been used to me doing all of these ridiculous and sort of abnormal things for people my age um, over the years that it's just, I mean, I talk to my mom on the phone probably every single day. Um, so we oh have a pretty, pretty close relationship. Yeah. Sounds like me. 
<laughs> you can't decide whether to be jealous or concerned. Uh, <laughs> both of you. So, boy, I'll admit it. Yeah. <laughs> you just did. You just did. Yeah. So what is your general process, would you say, from like ideation through to it's live? So I try and like mix up my inventions where like, you know, I'll do a food based one and then I'll do a tech based one. So I try to mix them up a little bit and I have a notebook with just random ideas, whether it's like a full thought out invention idea or it's just like I scribbled down something I saw to try and like kick my brain back into like, okay, how do I solve this? Or sometimes I'll even like think of the product's name first and I'll move backwards from there. But once I decide on what I'm going to be working on, and I'm pretty much only ever working on one invention at a time. Wait, what's an example um, where you thought of the name first? Uh, the mixer math. So I'm, I'm a big fan of alliterations in my, in my product names. Um, so mm. I just sort of thought of mixer masks because I knew I wanted to do something around alcohol and drinking and wearing a mask. And so in my head, I thought of mixer mask. And then from there, I sort of went backwards to be like, okay, if I wore a mask, how would I drink a beer? Would I want to, you know, attach like a beer helmet? Would I want it in the mask? Would I, you know, so then started there and then ended up back at mixer mask when I'm posting it um, as the official name. Yeah. And so then, so basically once I decide what invention I want to produce and get out, you know, there's multiple different ways that I bring them to life. The The main way I, I use is 3D printing. So usually if I'm doing a 3D printing route, I'm in my computer in a software called Fusion 360, which is like a, a 3D CAD software. So when I, when I have an invention, I pretty much like see it finished and done in my brain. And then I just like need to put it out take take all those pieces I see in my brain and just turn it into a physical thing. Or if I'm doing something like sewing, I just sort of whip it together. So it can take anywhere from, you know, two hours to probably two days to build an invention. And then right when it's finished, I basically flip on the camera, film all the content and uh, edit it and have it live basically ASAP to then move on to the next invention. Like when I did last week, um, I made a shower curtain towel. So the whole shower curtain was just one giant towel material. So you don't have to bring. Oh, we saw the, and your... we would buy. <laughs> <laughs> and so like that one, I got to my, my studio at 9am, started working on it. And I had the content live <laughs> by 1.30. Oh, wow. So, so, so some of them are, you know, oh, it's, that's crazy. it's pretty, pretty quick turnaround, depending on, you know, 3d printing. I think a lot of people don't realize how long it takes. Like Wait, a lot but of them. Just like you had this like towel fabric lying around. Like how did you turn it around that quickly? I went, I just went, I have a fabric store like a mile away and I just went okay. and bought, bought put, a spool of holes uh, in it. Uh, let's right. talk about the Mark Zuckerberg, uh, bath mat. The Zucker rug. So you would, so yeah, where'd uh, you get that? And, <laughs> did you make that? That was another invention. I oh, made that it's well. good. The Pete, that so, would yeah. sell out for sure. <laughs> I've been thinking, so I, I so I made that one maybe like Just a year ago. Just repost it every time there's like a Facebook scandal? Right, exactly. And so, yeah, so that one I had made in China. I made a YouTube video trying to get a factory to make that sample for me. And I went through like <laughs> 10 factories that were like, uh, isn't that the CEO of Facebook? And they wouldn't make it for me. Really? They wouldn't make it? Like they were afraid they said to? They, were, they said they would get fined, that it would be like, you know, again, like copyright that his persona as a yeah, high profile executive. Yeah, um, they're, they're correct. Um, that they would, that they, like the one, one factory even had recently been fined for selling, you know, celebrity memorabilia stuff. People need the Zucker rug. That would be so big. <laughs> Just find one factory. 
Order a fuck ton. The, the one question I get a lot is, do you ever use your inventions in your daily life? And that is probably the only invention. It lives in my bathroom. So that is like the only one that I wake up every morning and, you know, I say, good morning, Mark, and go on my day. <laughs> good morning, Mark. Morning, Can I just, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for the listeners and for my, I haven't seen this one yet. Is it just literally like you get to step on this fuckhead's face every morning? Is yeah. that... Well, uh, okay, the, the the other the other twist to it, it basically is that Facebook is already watching everything you do. So Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> might as well be watching what you do in the bathroom because <laughs> he just sort of has this stare. And a lot of my videos <laughs> that I film in my bathroom, um, you know, I always try and give like little Easter eggs in my video that might you know elicit another comment from someone. Is that I always like turn the bath mat around. So like in my shower curtain video. At the start of it, he's facing one way. And then when I get out of the shower, he's turned around looking the other direction. Um, So it's like little things like that I try to add into the videos. In a moment, we wanted to sort of collabo with you on some fake product ideas. We had a few simple (laughs) things we wanted to throw out there. See what you think. Um, A few simple things we have no idea, but we'll see how this goes. We're just going to see how this goes. (laughs) But before we do that, I was curious to know, what is your favorite necessary invention from all of history? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from all of history i am just like so my probably a a new purchase so like i am always one to buy the newest latest greatest whatever so like i got into drones in like you know 2009 before they were really big i even bought my first 3d printer in 2011 before the technology really had taken off um i have a the oculus vr headset and i'm like this is the absolute future um it is just, it's just amazing. It, it, it's so real. And I can see so many people yeah. getting completely lost into the virtual world and we never see them again. When I tried it, it blew my mind. Yeah. When you take it off, you're like, oh shit, this is where I was. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> you get so immersed into, into what it is. Yeah. And I mean, I'm it's just literally like, I, like, it'll make people's dreams come true. Cause as it gets more and more advanced, you will literally be able to do anything in your dreams. And I play ping pong in it and it's like the greatest thing in the, right, like you, I should, play, you should maybe think a little bigger think a little bigger but at night i play ping pong against people all over the world and it i love the idea that you're so creative real. during the day that like you're boring as fuck at night you're like yeah play ping pong and vr all right dude i told you yeah. i like hanging out by myself now we're gonna make up some things and i want you okay. to tell us have you already made these and if you haven't, what do you, what do you think about them? Okay. okay. Now, I love puppies. And I was thinking, what about something around my ankles that disperses treats so that the puppies will be lured to me? What do you think? Not a bad one. It could, be like, a, it could be like a skip it. So you have to like maybe get, you're like in the park and you're like spinning it around and it's sort of sending mm-hmm. the treats everywhere i have been that's but the I one imagine, thing like, I have i'm walking and it's luring the puppies in oh, okay it's okay. luring them to okay. me you so know like every sort of, step drops a new drops a new treat yeah or just like it's an that, ankle bracelet of dog treats you know what i mean like it's not a bad one thank you thank you thank so, you so because I, I like the one thing so my my boyfriend has like the most adorable australian shepherd and i always want to develop dog inventions and for some reason they just never come to me i did one i did i made thumbs well for you're welcome you made thumbs for dogs <laughs> so a lot of things like I'll, I'll make molds of my own hands a lot so i made molds of my thumbs and they're sort of like 
opposable thumbs that attach to your your dog's paws. Um, (laughs) So cute. This idea is credited to Ali, but what about a product that puts masks on other people? That is a good one. Someone recently (laughs) just did that. It's too necessary. Um, It's too necessary. Another YouTuber, I think he might have been on Mythbusters or something. He made like an air compressor uh, sort of cannon to like shoot a mask onto a person. Someone I think already (laughs) beat me to that one. Those need to be mass produced, but that's necessary. (laughs) What about, so I'm, I'm a bad sleeper, although I shouldn't say that I've turned a new leaf over and I'm an excellent sleeper. Anyway, ear pods, like you're listening to music, that become Mm -hmm. earplugs. Maybe not feasible, but <laughs> okay. That one might need to hit the. Do uh, I need some more the, science? The, the whiteboard a little bit more. <laughs> that one needs to hit the whiteboard. Is the greatest code for <laughs> that idea sucked? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We also have on our list a mango slicer. <laughs> <laughs> That's just something that, that is I don't, I don't needed. Think I, eat, I have never really eaten mango. So you haven't that. lived. It, it's incredibly hard to slice, but that must exist, guys. Also, it's very necessary it if must. it doesn't. Yeah, I keep always defaulting to things I need. You know. Yeah, it's true. It's so. True. So every Sunday on my Instagram, on my uh, stories, I have a thing called Sunday Inspiration Session where people can submit their ideas, and it is a very nuanced thing of. You know, what exactly is an unnecessary invention? Like a lot of people will, uh, a popular one is people just say the same thing twice. Like, oh, why don't you make a toaster for your toaster? And I'm like, that's not really (laughs) a thing. You know, it's like they'll they'll, they'll, just double something up. People are so annoying. What percentage (laughs) of the submissions are nonsense? And what percentage are you like, cool, I'll make that? One percent. Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I get up. like, you know, that math holds on a Sunday. I'll get a couple hundred replies and maybe one of them is good enough to make. But normal brains don't work like your brain. True. Most people are like, I have a problem. Wouldn't it be great if I could solve this? But no, most people can't think of a problem they don't have. That's that's a, exactly uh, it's not how human minds work. You are you're weird in that regard. <laughs> In, I, in did the win the, uh, I did win the 2020 Webby Award for Social Weird. So Ooh, I mean, you you did. Congrats. I'm an award-winning weirdo. That's great. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so jealous. I want to be an award-winning weirdo now. I didn't know that was I didn't know I, I could know. be. You know, now I have goals. Okay. Submissions just opened today for the Webby's 2020. So oh, hey. do something weird before the end of the year. I know. I gotta get weirder. Like my stuff is like it's a podcast. Like, no, it's not weird. Final question. Get ready. Okay. What is the value of creating unnecessary things? The value, uh, I would have to say, is making people think twice about maybe the products they are buying. You know, mm. it's like sometimes you, everyone has that, that thing in their closet and you thought, used it once and you thought, why in the world did I buy that thing and how did the marketing trick me to buy it? So maybe just sort of taking a second look at the things that you are currently purchasing and thinking, is this really necessary in my life? Love it. Love. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was fun. Man, it's really hard to come up with an idea for an unnecessary invention. (laughs) I think it might be hard, especially on the spot, you know? Yes. I think you got to be walking around thinking about things that are annoying and dumb. Yeah, you got to get in the right mindset. Like, I have a whole new respect for what he's doing based on our little (laughs) brainstorm here. And I was like, I really can't think of anything 
that would be fun, but not necessary. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. A mango slicer. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, mangoes um, are delicious and they're they hard are. to, they're difficult to slice, but that's There necessary. must be, it must be out it, there. It exists. Yeah. It does exist. Yeah. It exists. Oh yeah. No, but it doesn't You've exist it? the way okay. there's like an awesome invention that like completely cores and peels a pineapple mm-hmm. in with like one thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't know that that exists for the mango. It um I don't it's not motorized Send it but to it me, does. Matthew. Okay, I'll order it for you on Amazon if you win <laughs> trivia you. next week. What? That's unfair. <laughs> anyway, I love that he's able to monetize being a weirdo. He really knows what he's doing. I love mm-hmm. his process, the way he thought out the characters for the different media platforms. Yeah, and it all started in earnest with him trying to sell these products. So it's kind of cool <laughs> that it exists somewhere between, as Matt was saying earlier in the episode, I think in the intro, that it's somewhere between like earnest and complete parody. <laughs> you yeah. feel both of those things. You yeah. feel them, yeah. yeah. And also as content creators, we're always like, oh, we you know we're making this content, but if we could only sell, then we could also sell merch on the side and that could supplement the content business because advertising sucks. And this is just truly turns everything on his head. It's about products, but you can't buy the products because it's about the content, but the power, the products power the content, but they're not for sale. I just, it's going to take me a a week or two to, to get my head around it. I I need, I need to lay down. (laughs) Well, on that note, we're all going to lay down. It's been nice to be here today. We would love to hear what you would like to see Maddie create next. Uh, so you can tweet at me at Junebugger, J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. I'm at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. You can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. You can also text or leave us a voicemail. Woo, we love that. That phone number is... 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. And please join our Discord server, discord.gg slash 2G1P. Listeners of the show are going there to congregate, talk about upcoming show topics, submit questions for shows that we have coming up, that sort of thing. We would love to see you there if you've never been on discord it's completely free to join and it's kind of like a, a chat room it's super fun all right ali if they want to contribute to the show how do they do it please for the love of god do we're not selling any merch yet so this is our only line uh patreon.com slash 2g1p bye Have some respect. There are families that live here.